You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with a special focus on his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. <laughs> we discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes and review the books and comic series in Keth episodes. We also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. I am very curious how that's going to go today. <laughs> um, you can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and follow us on every level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. I am one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, and with me today, as usual, is Tiny. Yellow. Hi, Tiny. How's hey, it going? It's going good, man. Good, good. We haven't been talking for an hour and a half. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, today on the podcast, this is a special, like, uh, resurrection episode, I guess. <laughs> um, it's, uh, this is the, our kind of year in review episode of, uh, like, our King year in review episode. Uh, since it's the first episode of 2020, uh, Happy New Year, guys. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of get back into the swing of things by kind of talking about our year of Stephen King fandom in 2019 and kind of lay the groundwork for all of the stuff that we uh hope to do this year um that about 30 percent of it will be what we actually do <laughs> um i am so sorry thank you guys so much for supporting us it really means a lot it does uh yeah speaking of which you can uh leave a rating and review on itunes and also subscribe or uh, uh, support us on patreon patreon.com slash obsessive viewer uh where we post uh videos and uh exclusive recordings for patreon supporters uh one dollar gets you access to an rss feed that's all just us BSing back and forth. Uh, Five dollars gets you access to videos. Uh, so and the also the RSS feed. So uh, yeah, check that out. Patreon.com/slash/obsessiveviewer. So tiny. Yes. We have a lot of ground to cover tonight. Um, so I have a kind of rudimentary kind of thing before we get into uh, the 2019 of Stephen King. 2019 Stephen King. Stephen King 2019. Um, Let's talk about some news. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first of all, let, first of all, uh, I'll just say there was a news broke that uh, the Stand miniseries that is going to be coming uh, this year is going to be in the fourth quarter of 2020. So that's going to be end of the year. We're super excited about that, right, Tiny? Oh yeah. Yes. Um, if only because that gives us time to record stuff for the book and right. the previous miniseries. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, that was announced today. And so that was all the news of Stephen King. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's just move on. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Stephen King's canceled guys. Yeah. It's, you know, God, it is, it's insane. Just if you Google, we're recording this, uh, January 14th, uh, two days before Mr. Tiny's birthday. Yep, 33. Um, yeah. So the Oscar nominations were announced, uh, yesterday. And the, oh, uh, let, let me backtrack because I mentioned your birthday. Your birthday's coming up. Uh, I just mm-hmm. gifted you the shining, no, the stand. The stand on I almost audiobook. said the shield. <laughs> Oh, the shield. Um, <laughs> the S. The S. The stand <laughs> audiobook on Audible. Yes, um, thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Are you excited to be turning 33? Uh, 
sure. Yeah. I, I, I've never been excited to turn any age. Oh, interesting. Even when I turned 21, I was like, yeah, yeah I've mm-hmm. already been drinking for years. Like, yeah, yeah. No big deal. I don't know. Yeah. Not, really, not really my thing. Yeah, and I feel like we've covered this before in some capacity on one of our podcasts. But, uh, yeah, are you someone who's uncomfortable with, like, like the attention of a birthday? Absolutely. Okay, see, I'm the same way. Yeah. One of yeah. the most uncomfortable situations in throughout my life has been when you have a cake in front of you with candles and people are singing happy birthday to you. Oh, really? I hate that. I just, wow. I'm just like, what do I do? So, like, what? I think I heard like on a podcast or just generally anywhere. Um, <laughs> and I always think about this when I think of birthday cakes and candles and stuff. Uh, my nephew just turned seven uh, last week. And I just think like it's so... Uh, it's so weird. And again, I'm cribbing this from a, another podcast. I think they mentioned it on Comedy Bang Bang at some point. But anyway, um, I always think about this birthday cake, blowing out the candles. Like we're just willingly like eating cake that's covered in someone's spit. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But yeah. it's cake. It is cake. So cake is so good. What's your favorite really kind of cake? Is. I mean, just like chocolate. Nice. Chocolate with, with vanilla icing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Hashtag diabetes. Yes. I got, um, <laughs> Uh, an orange crush like bunt cake. Um, Ooh, yeah, it was very good. Interesting. Yeah, it's gone now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, remember when, before we were recording when we were talking about addiction to sugar? Yeah, we yeah. were a little bit. Yep. Uh, I have a yoohoo in there if you want. <laughs> I get it. Um, Not anyway. a fan. You know, it's funny. I'm I loved yoohoo growing up and yeah. everything, and I still like it. But I'm also very aware that it's chocolate water. It is. Um, it's like, very strange. Yeah. It's it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Um. Speaking of people saying "yoo-hoo" at things, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. Stephen King tweeted something about the Oscars, so I'll go onto his feed and just just recite it, and we'll discuss it. Um. So so basically, the Oscar nominations came out, and uh, as per usual. Um, there is a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, controversy, controversy about the lack of diversity in in it. Uh, Most notably, one thing that's getting a lot of play is the fact that little women didn't get nominated for best director. Greta Gerwig didn't get a nomination for best director. Yeah. And I think that that is warranted. She should have gotten nominated, especially over like some other nominees. Yeah. But um, it's always kind of the th- same thing all the time that people get up in arms about the lack of diversity, which is a problem and everything. And I, I do understand and, and agree that it is uh, representation is still an issue with the Oscars and the Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Stephen King tweeted as of, as of this recording 14 hours ago and said, as a writer, I am allowed to nominate in just three categories, best picture, best adapted screenplay and best original screenplay. For me, the diversity issue as it applies to individual actors and directors anyway, did not come up that said, and then a separate tweet, he says, I would never consider diversity in matters of art, only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. So, hmm. um, that caused a backlash. Yeah. Um, uh, people were saying that that's a very privileged thing to say and it's not taking into account so many other factors and everything. And I saw one tweet that kind of, it stung for me as a Stephen King fan because like the tweet was, this is coming from a guy who edited, um, a 
helped edit a collection that I, I believe they were referring to Fright or Flight, um, the collection of short stories that was released this year that included stories from, I think, 19 white males. Um, mm. And that's it. Yeah. Um, and like that, yeah, that's a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Also worth mentioning that one of those is Richard Matheson. It's not like, I mean, you know, it. Richard Matheson is... is dead like it <laughs> like it has nightmare at uh 20,000 feet right. it's not like it's not like it's culling from solely like alive people i don't know yeah. I, I don't know but anyway we talked about it privately in mm-hmm. our messenger uh what did you what do you make of this how what's your reaction to this um, is stephen king canceled <laughs> i th- i think i don't want to say he's canceled proof but his work is just so extensive i mm-hmm. I think people are going to, and he's so popular, people are going to want to adapt to this work mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, I think I, I agree with him, but I think his language was too harsh mm-hmm. and I think he could have worded it differently. I think, um, c- because I, I agree with him ki- kind of a hundred percent, but I think he used the wrong language because I think the statement I don't consider diversity when it comes to art is a stupid statement. Mm -hmm. I think if you're saying, if I'm trying to pick the winner of a contest, diversity doesn't play a role Mm -hmm. because that's what you're doing with the Oscars. That's what he's doing by voting for the Oscars. He's trying to pick something that's his favorite. Like, this is what I liked the best out of this group. And I think in that scenario, like the race of the director should not matter or Mm -hmm. the gender of the director should not matter. It should be, their work mm-hmm. right but it is a huge problem I, I i think we would all be incredibly naive if we said that of all the people voting for the academy awards none of them have ever had a racist or sexist thought while they're voting right and i'm sure that racism and sexism have influenced the votes of academy voters like that right. and it's probably happening in 2019 and 2020 yeah. and so it'd be naive to say anything else right um but i think the bigger problem about all this is that and you mentioned you made this mm-hmm. point that minorities and and women are just completely underrepresented in hollywood period mm-hmm. like they're projects are not getting funded so their mm-hmm. movies aren't getting made uh women and people of color are not encouraged to become directors and writers that's that's not right like i think yeah. i think movie studios and and distributors should have programs where they go to film schools and try to encourage women to become directors mm-hmm. and 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 they should encourage minorities to bring forward their projects that they have and fund those projects. Mm-hmm. Like I totally think that should happen. Yeah. And as a result, you know, we're all missing out on incredible art because oh, those yeah. projects are not getting funded. And that's, oh, totally. that is a shame. That's an absolute shame. And I want to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's not there, it's not making it to the upper echelons of like the Oscars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the bigger problem. You know, I feel like we can't, we can't sit there and, know what a person is thinking when they make a decision. Right. We can't know if someone is being sexist when they vote for best director at the Oscars. We can't know that. And so this is a problem, but like, I don't see a solution. I I don't, I don't, I don't think we can say, you know, there has to be a, 
uh, a minority or or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in every single category. Like that's that's right. a terrible idea. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's necessarily saying that that should be the thing. But my question is like, what's the solution to this problem? Like, I I just I don't know what it is. I and I. I don't know. Let, let me... Can, can I read the wall of text? Yeah, I kind of went off, yeah. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Okay. So, basically, um, you said you agreed with King, but, like, art is merit-based, is what right. you said in the yeah. chat. And then, then you refined it to what you said there. Mm-hmm. But I said in response to that, quote, um, <laughs> I agree in theory, but I totally get the backlash uh, that's facing King with this tweet. Um, in a perfect world, merit would determine who gets the spotlight and accolades, regardless of race, color, or creed, but it's not a perfect world. There's still an old guard in play. The Academy, the Academy voters last year voted, uh, and chose green book, uh, to be best picture, which was the most pandering self-congratulatory white person race film, uh, this side of the blind side. And minorities and women still get a short shrift when it comes to just getting opportunities to create what they want, uh, the way they want. Um, and I, I didn't like Little Women as much as I liked Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig's previous movie, but it absolutely deserved recognition for Best Director over some of the other, uh, choices. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, and particularly Joker, uh, which has its fans, mm-hmm. uh, which I, and I enjoyed the movie, but it also treats one of the two women in the movie really poorly, yeah. um, and is a complete waste of Zazie Beats. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I don't know. So it's, it's tricky. And here's the thing about people getting, uh, up in arms over Stephen King tweeting something. Is that it is, it is, and this is, and this is not necessarily just me defending Stephen King because I love the man Mm -hmm. and his work. Um, I had mentioned, uh, to you and, and Mike in our chat, I had said that, like, it it doesn't concern me. Like, like, I'm not concerned that Stephen King is going to get canceled or anything because nothing's going to stop him writing. Right. And, like, some poorly worded, point that he makes on twitter is not going to like end his career um that's that's asinine and everything and that's another problem that i have with the internet as a whole which uh mike has really gone mike our co-host who's on sabbatical from the podcast on obsessive viewer he uh he's gone on a tirade about uh just hating the internet and the reactions Yeah, which, <laughs> uh, I have been goading him quite a bit with Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was funny because, like, he said, in response to this whole thing, he said, kill the internet. And I was, <laughs> and I said, uh, let the internet die. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> um, uh, oh my God. Which is, of course, a play on the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. <laughs> the one good Star Wars movie. Oh my God. So, anyway, my problem is that, Anytime something like this happens, it doesn't necessarily bring about discussion or anything. It's right. It's instantly just like uh, to borrow a line from uh, one of my favorite movies of last year. It's uh, Knives Out and Beaks Bloody. They mm. people just pile on and get really just like it's not a discussion. It's just like. Ugh, I, I don't know. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so I, uh, I, I don't know. I think, uh, and I think I've said this for a while before mm-hmm. all this ever happened, but I think it'd be cool if the number of nominees for any given category mm-hmm. was open ended. Oh, me too. Um, like I think, why can't eight people be up for best director? Yeah, or that, and you know, you it's know. funny. Um, not this is gonna sound. I don't know how this is gonna sound. Uh, so actually, tonight. Today, January 14th, is the one-year anniversary of when I was accepted into the Indiana Film Journalist Association last year. Um, And part of the Indiana Film Journalist Association, which you can learn more about by listening to one of the more recent episodes of Obsessive Viewer. But uh, it's a critics group that we meet once a year and we announce nominees for the various categories of best movies and we announce winners. Uh, We hash out our picks for the winners and as a group we announce our winners for various categories um it's it's a critics group uh thing um Mm -hmm. so uh but i do want to mention that first of all of the the way the way that it's announced is that we have a best picture and then a runner-up uh for that and then we have eight uh other like not necessarily runners up, but it's like we have basically a list of 10, 10 movies, uh, that fall under the best picture umbrella with one best picture, one runner up, and then eight alphabetized things. Okay. And I want to just point out that the Indiana Film Journalist Association, uh, in those 10 had four films that were directed by women. Okay. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Little Women, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and one other that I'm blanking on. Um, but yeah, anyway, so just proud of that, but like the group gets a lot of flack. Um, at least they got flack this year because they, 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 uh, because they included some jackass that has a couple of podcasts, um, (laughs) to their ranks. No, um, a few podcasts. Anthology still lives on, um, (laughs) just, I just haven't posted anyway. Um, so I'm getting off track, but we get got grief um online because the nominations that we announced like we had like 25 movies under the best picture nominee list wow like it's i think that's awesome yeah oh yeah and it's just like there's a ton of nominees and it's like i i love it and it's it's it represents a lot of a lot of things and everything and I don't know. And it's not like, it's not like the group awards like 25 move, like movies best picture. We just mm-hmm. have 10, but, um, <laughs> but we only have one best picture. Um, right. Uh, and that was, what was the best picture? It was marriage story, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Wasn't it? Yes. Marriage story with parasite as runner up, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I should really know that. <laughs> and see, that's um, different from my list, but, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was great two great choices mm-hmm. um oh, my, yeah. although i was shocked to see that i'm not going to reveal everything but mm-hmm. what is my movie of the year personal movie of the year wasn't on your guys's list i don't think. oh yeah oh yeah that yeah i loved that movie uh it like it did not get a lot of love with the yeah group. i know yeah. i was surprised yeah the one dude uh posted his review and like he just like shit on it uh yeah was it was that Bob, I Bob, think. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like two stars. I was like, dang, yeah. man, that's crazy. I think it was one and a half star. Actually. Was it? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he really railed against it. Yeah, um, which he, each their own. But I was oh, just yeah. like, dang, really? Oh yeah. Check out. I think his website is realbob.com or dot net. Uh, real R E E L. He's he's a great dude. Um, yeah. 
uh bob bloom he <laughs> uh he did a rant like when the when yesterday when the oscars were announced uh, the nominees were announced. He posted a rant on his website. Uh, that's just basically him, like a yearly like rant. Like this is my yearly rant against the <laughs> against all the nominations. And he, uh, oh god, I can't. I think he he referred to 1917 as I think he referred to it as Call of Duty World War One. <laughs> And I was like, that's, oh my God. That's so good. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty World <laughs> yeah. War One. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I cannot disagree more. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and yeah, I, same sort of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> we're a uh, Stephen King podcast. Yeah, we kind of went off the rails. Like we, yeah, like we, we did. It's fine. It's the new year. We um, tend to do. We do. So. I mean, fine, sure. Stephen King's canceled. Fine. Yeah, yeah. He he should have used some different language. And he he should have. He could have used more couth. Yes, a little and bit more subtle. I know. He did follow it up two two hours later with, um, and he got some uh, grief over this because it feels like he didn't really get why the backlash was going on. So. Two hours after those tweets, he tweeted, The most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is make sure everyone has the same fair shot, regardless of sex, color, or orientation. Right now, such people are badly underrepresented and not only in the arts. Uh, you can't win awards if you're shut out of the game. And, mm. I mean, he's right. Yeah. But it also feels like, I don't know. I don't... He He's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's tricky. I'm satisfied with his follow-up tweet and everything. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what's going to happen to him now that his career's ended. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. Do you want to get into our year in review for Stephen King? Absolutely. All right. So, I think first up, I want to talk about the adaptations. Okay. Um, because it's, that's the first one on here and I don't have a list of them. <laughs> uh, did you make a list of the adaptations? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, do you want to run down like what movies were released in 2019 adapted from King's work? Yes. So the movies that came out this year, uh, there's, oh, he had a huge freaking year. Yeah. Um, it chapter two. Obviously, it was a big one. In the Tall Grass on Netflix, uh, the remake of Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. um, season two of Castle Rock. Oh, that, I'm sorry, that was a movie, that was a show. Oh, yeah. um, Doctor Sleep, mm-hmm. and I think that's it for movies. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to really quickly rank them? Uh, in order of my preference? Yes. I would say at the bottom would be kind of a toss-up between In the Tall Grass and Pet Cemetery. Oh, interesting. I thought those were both okay. kind of... I'd put In the Tall Grass at the bottom, I think. Oh, interesting. There were a couple things about Pet Cemetery that I thought were creatively cool. Okay. So that'd be second to last. Um, it Chapter 2 would be second, and then resounding number one would be Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I yeah. agree. My ranking would be... It's four movies, right? Yes, four <laughs> okay. movies, yeah. Just want to make sure, because I didn't make... I, I typed it up. Uh, anyway... Um, number four, I think, I think I would put Pet Cemetery at the bottom. Okay. Um, yeah, Pet Cemetery at the bottom, and then number three would be In the Tall Grass. Um, 
number two would be it chapter two and then again like you number one is a resounding doctor sleep okay a movie that i am so just bummed that it didn't get the play that i i think that it deserved me too um we're a week away from the digital release and i'm gonna rewatch it again I didn't get a chance to see it a second time in the theater, so I am basing it, basing my opinion of it and its placement on my personal top ten list mm-hmm. um, based on one theater viewing. Yeah, which is nuts. Um, it did, it was critically reviewed well, like acclaimed, wasn't it? I think it was mixed too well. Okay, um, but it I mean it flopped. Yeah, F- yeah. financially oh, it, it flopped. It flopped. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, Mike Flanagan is doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, how about TV shows? Which ones did you see, and which you, ones were released? Uh, you know, basically, I haven't seen any of them. I mean, okay. I I watched a couple episodes of Castle Rock season mm-hmm. two, but I I just really wasn't Castle into- Rock. Oh my god! Still Sorry. with that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just wait till we review it, Tiny. <laughs> Damn it! Just wait till we review it. Um, I really wasn't that into it, and and I've, I need to catch up on it, but I've been kind of putting it off. Yeah. I'm just trying to get caught up with the movies for the end of the year. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah, same. Uh, I'll so, use that excuse too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, second season of Castle Rock, uh, third season of Mr. Mercedes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Creep Show came out on uh, Shutter, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's it for TV. Yeah, I believe that's right. But still, I mean, that's that's seven adaptations. Yeah, in a year. It's, that's it's nuts. I wonder if any other artist has ever had that many adaptations in one year. That's a really good question. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Who else would have? Huh. I'm, I mean, like, at least create, like, so, like, a right. ri- writer, director, yeah, even actor, like, mm-hmm. producer, probably, you know, like a television yeah. producer or something like that. But, I mean, as far as a creative artist having that many adaptations in one year, I wonder if that's ever been rivaled. Uh, yeah. Seven that's in one year. Nuts. That's crazy. Um, And, like, and, I mean, granted, like, Creepshow... Uh, that's that's one of the looser ones. There was right. at least one story of his that was adapted um, uh, that I did watch, uh, Gray Matter. Um, we're going to do, uh, jumping ahead a little bit in, in this episode, um, I am very much planning on us doing a full Creepshow thing. Like, okay. Uh, Creepshow, the movies, Creepshow, the TV show, season one, and the lead up to season two. Um, so look for that hopefully in October. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really hope we can. I really hope we can do this. Yeah. Because um, I love doing this podcast. I really do. I know. It's just, I feel like I bite off so much more than I can ever chew. <laughs> and uh, yeah. In I'm, life. In life, yeah. Life happens. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said in life. I was like, yeah, in life too, Tiny. (laughs) I might have so much more than I can chew. Um, Yeah, so so we'll get to all of that um, soon. And Castle Rock is very much on the forefront of my mind. Okay. Um, Yeah, so anyway, uh, that's it for adaptations for 2019. Uh, Let's talk about what we read in 2019. Um. So, Tiny, I kept a running list of the audiobooks that I listened to throughout 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, not to brag, but the total number of audiobooks, just King and everything else, I listened to a total of 41 audiobooks. That's uh, awesome. Which I am so happy about. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm, I'm so thrilled for that. And I'm hoping to 
do more um, this year. It's 14 days into the new year, and I haven't started a new book, but uh, <laughs> I plan on doing that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I didn't do a full list of how many movie or uh, books I read this year, mm-hmm. um, but as far as Stephen King goes, I... I, I read seven of his works, nice. which I'm I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, I you want to rank them? Um, well, the new the new piece of writing he had come out this year was the Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to rank them, we actually reviewed. We actually <laughs> once, did. We actually reviewed something. We, yeah, we did. Um, I think I'd put probably the Tommy Knockers at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in ascending order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tommy Knockers at the bottom, followed by, I think, In the Tall Grass, then, um, Elevation, mm-hmm. uh, then The Institute, then, hmm, then Pet Cemetery. And see, the last two are The Shining and Dr. Sleep, and like, oh. I think I have to put The Shining at the top. Just yeah. because it's, you know, Dr. Sleep is dependent on The Shining. Right. Even though Dr. Sleep, like, blew me away, and I wasn't prepared for how much I was going to love that book. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd put Dr. Sleep at number two and Shining at the top. I mean, I'd, I loved my reread of The Shining, too. It oh, just yeah. completely reaffirmed yeah. how much I love that story, and I just, I love the Torrance family and mm-hmm. those those three characters, um, rediscovering them from, you know, I read that book more than half of my life ago. Right. Um, so, awesome. yeah, re- rereading that was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, just my experience with The Shining and the Torrance family mm-hmm. in 2019 was awesome. Nice. I mean, it was just, uh, I'm so glad that that's, that's something I can still enjoy so much. Right. You know, and I'm going to continue to enjoy it because I'm going to reread those books again and rewatch the movies again. Like, that's going to, nice. that's something I will do in the future. And, oh, and, yeah. and I'm comple- completely confident in that. And so. speaking of speaking of that, one of the we didn't tar- cover this in the adaptation section, but uh, it's also worth mentioning that the Shining 4K restoration was in theaters last year. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, I, didn't even, I, I forgot about that. Yep, I got a chance to see it, and it was awesome. Nice. Um, I actually posted a video in on the Patreon feed, so if you want to pay us five bucks and get access to that, <laughs> uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/ObsessiveViewer. Nice. Uh, but that was a really cool experience. Just. Getting being able to see that movie on the big screen is just astounding. Nice. Um, yeah. Do you want me to go through my? Yeah, movies? sure. Okay. So, um, I read a grand total of Stephen King published works in 2019. I read or listened on Audible uh, to 25 Stephen King works. Wow. Um, and then also two Joe Hill novels okay um but i won't count those um and yeah the only one that i read actual physical media for was uh night shift his short story collection okay um so yeah um but i read of those 25 uh let me do some quick math or quick counting eight of those were first like my first reading of them so a lot of them were rereading some things um, so eight of them were first, first, uh, first reads. Okay. Um, and I can do some quick, uh, I can read them off and then I can do some quick, uh, 
ranking if you'd like. Okay. So the eight that I read for the first time in 2019 was the Tommyknockers, Dreamcatcher, Finders Keepers, Night Shift, uh, Elevation, Firestarter, The Institute, and In the Tall Grass. And I just realized that I can rank them very quickly because I have a Stephen King um, ranking note. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, did I say Dr. Sleep in that? Yes. Okay, good. Um, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Okay, yeah, so The Outsider, I, I just went to my new... Uh, my other thing. Uh, so I believe that I read The Outsider for the first time last year. So The Outsider, Doomakey, The Tommyknockers, Dreamcatcher, Doctor Sleep, Finders Keepers, Night Shift, uh, Firestarter, and The Institute. And yes. So uh, at the bottom would be Tommyknockers. Uh, just above that would be Dreamcatcher. And then above that would be Doomakey. Uh, and mm-hmm. Firestarter. Um, again, I'm going in ascending order. The Outsider, right. The Institute, Finders Keepers, Dr. Sleep. That needs to be higher. <laughs> or is that number one? I can't tell. Um, I lost count. That might actually be number one. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, of the ones that I read. So I don't okay. know. I probably missed something. But anyway, uh, yeah, those are what I read in wow. 2019. That's a big year. It is. And I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're truly like a King, like a huge Stephen King fan. Like <laughs> nobody can like take that away from you with right. that kind of list just for one year. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And I just, just went back to my uh, notes for this and I got so many of those wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> the list of eight that I read in 2019 were the Tommyknockers, Dreamcatcher, Finders Keepers, Night Shift, Elevation, Firestarter, The Institute, and In the Tall Grass. I won't rank those because I hadn't included some of those. Um, yeah, maybe I'll take it again. I'll just rank them. Sorry. Uh, so at the bottom would be uh, Tommyknockers and then Dreamcatcher. And then in ascending order from that, I think I would put... Uh, you know, I would put Elevation um, there and then In the Tall Grass and then Finders Keepers and then the top uh, three would be Night Shift, The Institute, and Firestarter. Oh, and Doctor Sleep. That's number nine. Yeah, crap. Wow. Doctor Sleep would be number one. Um, yeah. So there's a total of nine. I, this is terrible podcasting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that's my weird ranking and stuff. I'll put a I'll put I'll put a more clear thing in the show notes of the episode so that you guys know that i'm not a complete idiot <laughs> so uh yeah so i mean what was what stands out if anything of like what well i guess you already answered this but um uh, the most memorable part of your stephen king reading was it was it the shining revisiting it for the first time in over half your life you know i actually think it was uh it was probably discovering dr sleep Oh, nice. Honestly, because, I mean, I, I, I did rank them, and, like, I think The Shining was my number one, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I was familiar with it already, and, and Doctor Sleep was, it felt like I was completely rediscovering it, rediscovering mm-hmm. that world and re-familiarizing myself with, with Danny Torrance and 
and him building as a character again, mm-hmm. man, that was just, I didn't realize how much I wanted that nice. um, to stick with that or to use that kind of trope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say Dodger Sleep. I mean, I listened to it twice. That's, mm-hmm. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever, I can say with quite a bit of confidence, I've never read a book twice in a year, the same oh, book twice in a year. And that's, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever done that. So Sweet. that really, I think that kind of puts that in context. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just how much I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I freaking love that book. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think for first readings in 2019, probably the most memorable. Ooh, I mean, it was a big year for me. Um, I would say probably the most memorable experience would be, you know, maybe listening to the Institute. Um, hmm. it took a little bit of time for me to kind of get into it. Um, there were a couple starts and stops, um, when I first listened to it, but I think what it comes down to is just that experience of having a new Stephen King book and discovering it at the same time as the rest of the Stephen King fandom. Okay. Um, just that experience is just, it's, there's this, uh, communal feel to it that I don't feel like i necessarily experience that much because uh i'm me and i procrastinate (laughs) and i put things off and there's so many stephen king stuff so much stephen king stuff that i haven't experienced or i've i've experienced like decades after people have experienced them so just that feeling of being able to crack open a new stephen king novel and read it at the same time or listen to it at the same time that the rest of uh our happy little band of fandom uh is listening <laughs> to it or reading it is really special and i like that um in terms of rereading i'm not going to list every stephen king book that i re-read or re-listened to um because that would be daunting because there's just like tw- there's uh, like i don't know how to count there's like 14 of them yeah um but the more memorable ones, there are two that stick out to me of, of being just two that I'm so happy that I revisited, uh, in 2019. And those are, whew, uh, those are under the dome. Um, I finished re-listening to that, uh, in February of last year. And just that, I just, I just yearn for that kind of story from Stephen King, like that just sprawling, just, Commun like that that small sprawling world that's populated by so many just unique characters ensemble cast ensemble yes yeah yeah the sprawling ensemble of Under the Dome is just astonishing to me and I I love it every time I he's so good uh, at that he is incredible at that yeah and I mentioned earlier in the year uh, on a previous episode that I just I want him to do more of that like. He's, I mean, he's older, he's getting up there and he's, you know, he's now been canceled by the internet, (laughs) but, um, like I, I would hope that he has, I would hope that he has one more of those in him. Yeah. Um, just, I would love just an epic 10 or an epic, like 11 to 1600 page, just tome. That's just, yeah, just filled with characters and, and, uh, interesting stuff. Um, I agree. Yeah. But. But the biggest thing, the the one that stands out to me is as the experience of rereading King that I love so much, 
um, was just rediscover not rediscovering, but reaffirming the placement of eleven twenty two sixty three. Oh, really? Okay. As it's my favorite Stephen King book. Wow. Yeah, it's. I finished it. I finished re-listening to it March seventh of night twenty nineteen. If you guys want to know that information, <laughs> but I mean, it's just I've listened to that. I think that was like my third time reading it or experiencing it. The first time I think was in paperback or hardcover, I think. But, um, but two or three times after that, I, I listened to the audiobook. and every time, like it's a book that can bring me to tears. Um, it's just, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's time travel. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other highlights of things that I reread, uh, over the year were, I, I re-listened to, um, a bunch of Dark Tower books. Um, I got up to, I finished the Wind Through the Keyhole in August and then took a break and never revisited it. So early this year, I'm going to re-listen to, uh, the last three books, uh, Wolves, Susanna and the Dark Tower. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for that. But, um, also, Pet Cemetery, Misery, The Stand, uh, just so many good, so many good Stephen King books. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I listened to 20th Century Ghost by Joe Hill and Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill, and I liked both. Nice. Yep. Uh, so tiny, do you want to switch gears? We'll, we'll wind, we will wind down, I think. <laughs> um, and kind of talk about, 2020 okay for stephen king um and for tower junkies um are you excited <laughs> um with everything that i just that i've i've sprawled at you i think i don't think i actually sent you the the list i don't think so. you did no yeah. let me um, send that to you real quick okay i'll give you my genuine reaction yes so <laughs> i i made a list of uh, first of all let's talk about what's what's coming in 2020 from stephen king so yeah. The, uh, the outsider TV show just premiered on HBO last night, mm-hmm. two nights ago. Yeah. Um, I have not, uh, watched it yet. You watched the first episode. I did. Uh, how did you feel about that? Loved it. Nice. This is really good. Nice. And how did you feel about the outsider of the book? Cause we haven't covered that. Already. We haven't. Um, I, I, f- I think the first half is like really, mm-hmm. really good. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, and then it the the, the story kind of takes a turn and it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of goofy I, I think a little bit goofy but ultimately I I enjoy the book quite a bit actually um that sorry that moment when it turns yeah that I won't we won't give it away or anything mm-hmm. I thought that that was one of the like that was that was a very memorable Stephen King moment for yeah me. totally um yeah so anyway um but but yeah I mean it's I think it's it has some flaws and I think the when it turns like that it's it's a little jarring and i think it kind of mm-hmm. takes you out a little bit but yeah. once it dives into that aspect of the story i actually got got back into it quite mm-hmm. a bit um and uh and ended up enjoying it quite a bit nice. uh, i was really curious to see it ad- adapted mm-hmm. um especially if it's done the right way nice. um but yeah i mean i i liked it i don't think it's going to be i don't think it I don't know if The Outsider would be in my, a top 19. I'm not sure. I'd have okay. to revisit that list, mm-hmm. our top 19 Stephen yeah. King list, because um, there's just so much out there of his I still haven't experienced right. yet. Um, I don't know if it would make that list, but uh, it, it it's, it's in contention for sure. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I've always wanted to revisit it the book. Um revisit the outsider, not it the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but revisit the outsider um after finishing the Bill Hodges trilogy, uh which I still haven't read end of watch. Um But yeah, but that that's all coming. <sighs> so let's talk about what's coming in 2020. Um <laughs> that the outsider um Let's see, If It Bleeds comes out in May, I think, okay. um, which is the sh- new short story collection that's going to be coming out um, that features at least one story with Holly Gibney. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. That releases on May 5th, 2020. And may the 5th be with you. Um, or something, I don't know. Let the past die. I don't care. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, so that that's exciting. Um, there is going to be a season two of Creep Show. Uh, like I said, we're going to cover that extensively, hopefully, uh, in October. Um, they haven't, an- I don't believe they've announced if Castle Rock will have a season three yet, but I really hope so. Yeah. Um, and what else on the adaptation front? Is there anything that I can think of? Oh, the stand miniseries. Yeah, the stand. Uh, that's going to be something. Um, yeah. there was, um, I think, I don't remember where I was looking at it. Um, but there was uh, an article posted on Facebook that was uh, casting announcements, I think, mm-hmm. or like the full cast for the major characters of the Stand miniseries. And uh, I made the mistake of looking through the comments. I'm usually not a yeah. comment reader person because, right. like, you know, our co-host Mike is—he's <laughs> become so tainted by it mm-hmm. this year. Um, I, I usually just stay away from it. But I, I was reading the comments and I was just blown away by how many people were just unhappy with the casting. Cause I think the casting is oh, fantastic really? for, the, for the stand for the new, yeah, for the news. Oh yeah. Oh, um, me too. I think the casting is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and every, there's people who are just like, Oh man, the original series was just so good. And the cast for that was perfect. I was like, no, I mean, yeah. so it just wasn't Rose like colored glasses guys. Yeah. Like I really don't agree yeah. with that at all. I mean, I, I know this is a op- opinions here, but, mm-hmm. um, I I don't get that. I I mean I, I there's some some of the cast from the series was great. Like yeah. uh Gary Sinise is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love Gary Sinise. Molly Ringwald. Uh, Molly Ringwald was fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh Rob Lowe is great I think for I, for Nick Andros. Yeah, I I think so too. I just still get kind of a a stick in my craw when I think about at least that first the one of the scene in the jail cell where he's talking to the sheriff or something and like or like he's communicating to the sheriff, mm-hmm. but like anytime someone talks to him, he's looking away from their lips. <laughs> like it's, just, it's just a simple yeah. direction that needs to be done, but it's like, it, it's, it's insane to me. Anyway. Right. Well, it's just, I mean, frankly, TV is just so much better now in general. No, oh, totally. Like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. back in the 1990s, like you had like a 70, 30 chance that it was going to be cheesy as hell oh, and, totally. and just not very good, frankly. Yep. Um, and, and I feel like, unfortunately, the original stand series kind of falls into that, that trope, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like this is just going to overshadow it, but I was just like really surprised at how many people mm. were kind of shitting all over the, they were like, Alexander Skarsgård, come on. I was like, I think he's kind of, I mean, maybe not my first choice, but I think, right. he, I think he's going to do really well in that he role. Is, he's, he's very inspired casting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just like, you know, it's, it's more 
kill the internet type stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let the internet but, die. Kill right. it if you have to. But it's not going <laughs> to spoil my enjoyment of it if right. if it t- turns out to be really good, which I, I think it will. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So do you want me to run down all of the shit that we have planned for coming up on the podcast this Go year? for it. So I have a list of 19 things I want us to cover on the podcast this mm-hmm. year. Now, given our track record... <laughs> I can't promise any of this. <laughs> also, we were um, originally a Dark Tower podcast. Yeah. There's so much Stephen King stuff that the Dark Tower isn't even on this list. Yeah. And it's that's insane to me. So we'll maybe make some adjustments. I don't know. But let me run down what we have in the pipeline for Tower Junkies in 2020. First of all, I am well aware that we still are due for our Shining and Doctor Sleep reviews. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, <laughs> we have a, an episode reviewing the Shining Kubrick movie and the miniseries recorded. And both of those are two separate episodes recorded. Um, I think I forgot to release them. <laughs> so they've been sitting there for months. I am so sorry. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to get those released as soon as possible. Uh, then we have Dr. Sleep, the novel, Dr. Sleep, the movie, uh, both we haven't recorded yet, but they are our next priority, um, here. And with the Dr. Sleep coming out on digital next week, I thought that it was just, it would be better to wait until then so we can see it again and be fresh with our review yeah um then we have we have castle rock season two to get through mm-hmm. uh, which is great I, i'm i watched i have watched like five or six of the episodes um i just got bogged down with other stuff so i couldn't finish it but i love this season okay um i really do so i'm looking forward to watching or reviewing it with you i still want us to do multiple episode reviews like do like what we did with season one like do like episodes one two three four five six seven eight nine okay um yeah so we'll figure all that out then (laughs) probably by that time we'll probably have to do if it bleeds um which is coming out in may i still plan on doing a review of doom a key i promise <laughs> um that is going to come out at some point in 2020 <laughs> um yeah but we also have got since the outsider is out with uh the tv show and everything i want us to do the bill hodges trilogy and the outsider novel mm-hmm. mr mercedes tv show maybe just do season reviews of each one yeah of each season and then tackle the outsider outsider tv show <laughs> And what's funny is like, oh, you're not done yet, are you? No, 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 I'm not oh, done. Yeah. Okay. Um, f- rounding out everything is, uh, I, I, since the Stand miniseries is coming out in late 2020, I really want us to do a full blown thing with the Stand, the book, the original miniseries, miniseries, this new miniseries, and it's going to be a tall order, but I think with I think we can pull it off if we commit to it. So. I think so too. Yep. And then finally, I want us to, at some point, just for funsies, uh, record an it chapter two commentary track. Yeah. Maybe a pet cemetery one too. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Would you be into doing more commentary tracks? 
I'm fine with it, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's kind of nice about them is they don't require a lot of prep. I know. that's, that's <laughs> You just sit there and watch the movie. Exactly. And, yeah. and on my end, I don't have to edit anything. Right. So it's right. good. So if you guys are interested in us recording more commentary tracks, let us know. Yeah. Um, I know Matt and Draco uh, actually watches the movie when he listens to the commentary <laughs> track, which is great. Um, I was going to yeah. say about that list, the 19 mm-hmm. things you have, the only thing you could make an argument for that's not like currently relevant is Doom McKee. Oh, true. Yeah. Because everything like is either a TV show that's on the air yep. or it's a book that's coming out mm-hmm. or an adaptation that's coming out or the, yep. the, the DVDs coming out, whatever. Right. Everything is like relevant. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly, it's not like we're bringing up old shit with the exception of doom key. Right. Mean, uh, that's, <laughs> um, and I also want to do, I didn't add it to the list, but I referenced it earlier. Creep show, the movies, creep show, right. The TV show and everything that's going to be in October. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think I think we've got our work cut out for us, but I say this every time, and I say this to you privately every time I listen to an episode of Tower Junkies. I love doing this. Oh, like, me too. This is so good. This is what yeah. like this is feeding what is arguably our biggest fandom. It is that we yeah. that we have for sure, um, which is great, and and yeah. I love that, and I'm so glad that you guys listen to us. Mm-hmm. If you guys are still there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's what we have kind of in the pipeline. Uh, what are you most excited for in, in, of that list? Um, I would say, uh, the stand miniseries. Nice. But honestly, the director's cut of Dr. Sleep is a close second. Oh yeah. That's because that movie in fuck. I'm so (laughs) excited about that because it's like, it's not like a few scenes here and there. It's 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Which, yeah. I am so pumped for. Yeah. Um, I have like a rotating list of like directors that I'm very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about. Um, and you know, right now it's like Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. couple guys up there. PT Anderson's around there. Mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan is on that list now. Oh, totally. Um, oh, yeah. I was already very ecstatic about him as a director, but mm-hmm. after he, did Doctor Sleep? Yep. He's he is on my top five list of directors that I'm just like, whatever you do, I'm there. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is. Oh, he's. I can't remember what it's called, but he's got a new show coming out. I think on Netflix. Um. But what's really cool about it is that. Have you seen his movie Hush? By the way. Yes. Okay. I oh, yeah. I watched that for the first time. It's a cool movie. Very yeah. cool. That's where his. His wife plays the chick that doesn't. This mute. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I saw that one. I thought you were gonna say that's the one with his wife in it, right? Because <laughs> she's in everything. <laughs> she's yeah. in everything. Um, uh, which I am dipping into our Doctor Sleep review, but yeah, it was, I, a, it was a creative little movie. Yeah, yeah I liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, hush, hush yeah. yeah. Um, but like dipping into our Doctor Sleep review, I kind of like I remember like sitting there thinking like, man, she would have been she would have been good as Rose the Hat. Like, yeah, she would have. Yeah, like I love. Uh, was it Rebecca Hall? I think that's her name. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. She was. Yeah, she did both. Yeah, really she well was. In the movie. She was fantastic. Yeah. But I kept thinking, like, man, um, uh, what is her name? Crap! Oh my god, I feel like an ass. Oh, I can't. I can't think of her name oh. either. Yeah. Um, did you ever? And did you ever watch the Haunting of Hill House? About that, Kate Siegel. Kate Siegel. Um, yeah, she would have been a great Rose Hat. Um, yeah. So about that time. <laughs> so you haven't even seen her in that. I've seen some. I've seen like the first two episodes, okay. and then I'm I'm just. It's something that I need to reconcile with myself in 2020. Is I am just terrible with TV. Oh yeah. Like I've seen. Like we're in. 
uh, it's kind of cliche to say, but we're in like a very good time for TV. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of that is uh, to my detriment because I, I don't know why, but I, I'll watch an episode or two and then fall off of it. Not, really? Like, I am so unfocused with it. Not because I'm disinterested. It's just that, I don't know, I think there's something, uh, something that's keeping me from completing, completing a show just because I have to keep coming back to it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't binge it all in one sitting. Um, yeah. and everything. So, like, I've seen, like, the first episode of Watchmen. Um, I've seen the first two episodes of Haunting of Hill House. I saw, like, the first episode of The Umbrella Academy. <laughs> um, and, of course, seven episodes, or six or seven episodes of, uh, Castle Rock. Wow. Uh, Castle Rock. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I highly, highly recommend The Haunting of Hill House or. Yes. House, I can't remember what the hell it's called. Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. And then season two is going to come out, Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is going to be an adaptation of Turn of the Screw. Um, okay. Yeah. But I highly recommend it. It, it. It's like when he it was announced that he was doing Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm. I was super excited because of how absolutely phenomenal the character work is in the haunting mm. of hill house like it's nice. like his his character work is very reminiscent of how good stephen king is with his nice. characters and so like he just and and he oh, did he did it again with doctor sleep mm-hmm. like those characters were just perfect yeah and and yeah lest we forget he adapted the unadaptable and made gerald's game yeah like <laughs> exactly so good yeah um in in yeah, but he oh I was getting at uh, something earlier. Uh, he had like it was announced that he's gonna make a show for I think Netflix, but it's um it's I can't like the Midnight Hour I think or okay. something like that. But the interesting part of that or the interesting thing about that is that you see that book in like a book ti- with that title in the background of Hush and in Gerald's game on the bookshelf and stuff. Okay. Um, and probably in Dr. Sleep as well. I don't know, hmm. but it's just, it's kind of cool. I, like, I don't, I think it's just a prop or something. I don't think it's anything. It's an original thing from Mike Flanagan, but I just think that it, that's really cool that it's something that, uh, can be, uh, just there. He's a very like universe minded kind yes. of guy like weaving things together which again that's perfect for Stephen King so yeah totally it's uh by the way that's called Midnight Mass um Midnight Mass okay it's in pre-production now um I'm gonna read the plot summary real quick because this is interesting an isolated island community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic mysterious young priest oh interesting uh which is interesting because there's a Netflix show that just came out uh called Messiah yeah I, um have you watched any of that no it, okay I, I don't know if I can't decide if it looks any good or not I'm I'm curious about it yeah um however uh first of all uh Midnight Mass will be seven episodes Mike Flanagan is gonna direct every episode nice and it is going to be on Netflix um cool but Messiah I think it's funny because they <laughs> have uh on the, uh, have you seen, I think I may have shared this with you, but have you seen the plot summary for Messiah on, uh, on Netflix? No, I can't, no. It's, uh, it's, it, I don't know, it, it makes me, it makes me laugh, um, kind of in a dickish way. I don't know how this is <laughs> going to come across, but basically, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Um, 
but yeah, while I'm doing this, I'll vamp a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it looks interesting. Like it's an interesting concept, but it seems like it's only like, that's all it is. I think, but it seems more like crime thriller than anything. I think this midnight mass thing from Mike Flanagan, it will be more interesting because it's more interesting. Okay. Uh, but the plot summary for Messiah on Netflix is, and I, I, this makes me chuckle like an asshole, but a wary CIA officer investigates a charismatic man who sparks a spiritual movement and stirs political unrest. A fictional story not based on true events. <laughs> like, I just love the kind of preemptive damage control. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, our, our, how excited How excited are you for 2020? Very. I mean, there's... Uh, it's like there's... Stephen King has been culturally relevant for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, well, his it, career is canceled now after yeah, the day. Right. So. Um, but I, I feel like he's just had such a big surge over mm-hmm. the last three to five years. Yes. Um, I mean, like I said, 2019, can you think of another time where an artist had seven pieces of their work adapted yeah. for movies and television? I, Nuts. I, it might exist, but I'd be mm-hmm. surprised if it did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just incredible how popular he is right now. Totally. And he's a 70-year-old man. You know, right. It's crazy. Um, so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> um, I, uh, how, how are you feeling about If It Bleeds? I, mean, uh, I know we've I, talked about it. We have, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not unenthusiastic about it, okay. but, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much more Holly Gibney I want, frankly. Oh, yeah. Um, she, she's an interesting character and she's mm-hmm. fine, but, um, I, I kind of want to see him branch out again and do something more original. Yeah. Um, even if it's the Institute, which was, which was a, a solid book. Yeah. Not incredible. I, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, mm-hmm. but it was something different and something new and it wasn't a, you know, another character or another story that he's already, it wasn't a sequel or whatever. Right. Um, um, I also forgot. There's something coming out this year that we will have to cover in some capacity uh, that I feel like you're not going to be very excited about this at all. <laughs> okay. Um, and there was just art that was just um, uh, there was art that was that was just kind of shown recently, but it is the uh, I believe a ten ten issue. Um, run for okay here it is um uh, the sleeping beauties comic book oh shit (laughs) yeah um and they did so i'll read this article from flickeringmyth.com um so thanks to idw publishing we've got an exclusive variant cover for the first issue of the upcoming comic book adaptation of stephen and owen king's sleeping beauties uh from artist jana heidersdorf uh check it out here uh, so here's the artwork. I think it looks, well, let's see. Looks cool. Looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a, uh, naked woman with eyes. Um, <laughs> birds, <laughs> uh, peering into an opening that is vagina shaped. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Um, so the, te- okay, the 10 part Sleeping Beauty's comic book series is set to launch soon from IDW Publishing. So hmm. uh, I don't think there's any, any uh, release date announced, but when it comes out, we will have to cover it. Ugh. Yep. Not enthused about that. <laughs> I really think that the story will translate pretty well to comic books. Really? Um, yeah, but I re-listened to our review of the book, and 
It did not make me want to revisit the book. I don't want to use the word hate. <laughs> right. But I did not like that book. Yeah. At all. It's, uh, you don't want to Tommy knock it down. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty low for me, too. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where the story and, and like the setting wasn't as king kingy as it could have been okay like because we have so many different factions and like a town's worth of people too right it's like close to what i want from stephen king but it just didn't connect with me at all like yeah kind of in the climax of it i was like thinking like wait who's this person again Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know but let's wrap it up is there anything else that we need to cover uh no i don't think so all right great well we will be back soon with our shining uh, movie and miniseries reviews, and then <laughs> Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I'm um, so excited. I'm gonna re-listen to the book before we review the Sweet. novel. I'm super excited about that. God, that's such a good one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we will be back soon with more stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. I was going to tell you guys some stats about the podcast, but I don't uh have that readily available to me. And it is 11 o'clock. Um, <laughs> hang on, let me find it, because I, I, it should be right here. Um, vamping. So, in 2019, on Tower Junkies, uh, a Stephen King Dark Tower podcast, <laughs> uh, we released an ep- uh, a total of oh, <laughs> uh, 15 episodes <laughs> um, on this list. Did we release? Did we release the Shining movie and miniseries episodes? I genuinely don't know. <laughs> uh, but on the list, I listed the Shining movie and miniseries. We didn't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. We recorded them. We did. We certainly did. So we rec- we released a total of 15 podcast episodes for Tower Junkie Tower Junkies, Jesus, um, in 2019. And we are going to beat that very, very uh, aggressively in 2020. So I can't mm-hmm. wait to... Uh, do that, and I can't wait to let you guys down again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but we will be back soon with more content for you. Uh, and yeah, let us know what you think about Stephen King's career being canceled and uh, <laughs> Star Wars. I guess we'll forward it to Mike. Um, so I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Again, it was night, and it was like, I think it was like early fall, so it was getting down into the 50s, I want to say, mm-hmm. at night. I think it was getting getting cool. Um, and he had, the home. the home had like some sort of, woods mm-hmm. around back and i had like a, a flashlight nice flashlight typical security guard mm-hmm. and like i was shining the flashlight into the woods and the light picked up and reflected three sets of eyes looking mm-hmm. back at me and they were not moving and they were absolutely like pairs of eyes like three pairs of eyes i was like <laughs> what the fuck Tower Junkies is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com slash archive. You can also like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash TowerJunkiesPod 
and follow us on Twitter at Tower Junkies Pop. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com and on Twitter at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and OV Anthology Pod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. Music for the podcast is provided with permission from Fingers T on YouTube. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. Kitty!